Monday on the Locked On Steelers podcast, we talk about Broderick Jones getting closer to maybe getting the, the starting left tackle job, as well as Darnell Washington and why he's the most improved player in camp. And a first look at the Steelers depth chart, all here on our Action Pack show. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content like we had this weekend. If you want a recap of some of the, of the Friday Night Lights practice and the Saturday practice and why the offense was striking back at the defense, get check out the Sunday episode. Came out Sunday uh, in the morning, early afternoon, somewhere around that time. You'll enjoy it if, if, if you check that out. Today's episode is sponsored by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter enter promo code locked on nfl for a white tech hat with any order you won't you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you more on that later so like i said go check out the uh the bonus episode we did this weekend i thought it was actually kind of cool to talk about some of the offensive things that they were doing right isaac siamalu let's talk about one other guy, because I talked a lot about the offensive line, but I specifically did not talk about one offensive lineman because I was I wanted to save this for today. And that was Broderick Jones, who I truly feel like has done a lot to close the gap between him and Dan Moore Jr. Now, we'll get to the depth chart in a bit. The first depth chart came out. And if you've looked at it already, you see that Dan Moore Jr. is still the starting left tackle, like I told you he would be heading into week one. But we'll get to the depth chart later. But I think it's really cool to see when you looked at practice, Broderick Jones has looked smoother, more in control, more uh, he's recognizing things. He's learning pretty quickly. And a lot of good things are pointing up for him. And in fact, we caught up with him and had a few interesting points of a conversation that I've clipped up together in this about three minute clip here where we got to hear from Broderick Jones, how he feels about his progress and also what Pat Meyer offensive line coach for the Steelers has been pushing him to improve upon just a note here for this video. There is a point around the minute mark of this video. So one minute in where Broderick Jones is going to drop a curse word. We have bleeped it out. So if you're listening to with children, but they won't hear it, but you'll kind of get the the impression. He's talking about how quick uh, Nick Herbig is. And he drops a a little bit of a curse word there, but we bleeped it out so that you you won't hear it. Here is Broderick Jones in in a lot, a big talk that we had with him. This was Saturday morning from Steelers training camp. A lot of players talk about the game slowing down as they get to play a little bit more. What parts of the game are you starting to notice a little bit more now that you're getting more, a lot more reps out there? Mm, I probably said my run game. You know, uh, since passes, you know, we just start implementing pads. You know, I'm trying to focus in and hold on my uh, run blocking skills and techniques. Is there a guy on defense you feel like you're developing more of a rivalry with, with reps every day? Uh, I usually go against Marcus a lot, you know. Uh, I feel like that's good work for me and good work for him at the same time. So, you know, I'd be looking forward to that matchup each and every day. Does he trash talk you a lot or does he? Uh, you know, we get chirpy a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's all good at the end of the day. Marcus was saying the other day, I'm not here to help anybody. Like, I'm here to do my job. And yeah. That's the attitude you want, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need. You know, somebody that's going to push me to be better. So. At the same time, what's the advantage to working with a veteran like that? You just, with somebody like Marcus, you just don't know. You never understand the game until you like really 
take it in each and every day. So, like, with him, you know, like, he has a motive. So, like, that's good for me because I get to see someone who's been doing it for so many years, and I get to go up against that every day to prepare me, you know, for game day. So. What makes Nick Herbig so difficult to block? Quick, man. He's fast. But, you know, um, just him being in the same room with TJ, I think it helps him a lot within his rush and, you know, his gameplay. So I feel like that's what makes him good, you know, just having the speed and the get-off that he has to get off the ball. And then, you know, just the mentor he has is crazy. So I feel like he's going to be a really good player. How does Coach Meyer push you? Like, what are the th ways that he challenges you and how do you like his coaching style? Uh, he he really challenges me just each and every day by getting better at one specific thing. Like each and every day he wants me to hone in on one specific thing to get better at. Like even if it's, if it's footwork, hand placement, shoot my hands, you know, it don't matter. Just, I feel like that's how he pushes me. He, he coaches a lot, um, but at the end of the day, like each and every day he wants me to focus on one specific thing to get better at. Brooks, if you haven't expressed any urgency about starting, uh, where does your perspective come from in terms of the patience you're approaching this list? Georgia, the University of Georgia, you know, um, I really just try to focus on getting better each and every day. Because um, if I get better each and every day, you know, everything will fall into place. So, you know, that's all I try to focus on, just my repetition each and every day, being able to provide for the team and, you know, just being the best version of me at the end of the day. So lots of things to note there from Broderick Jones. I, I, I That was like an 11-minute conversation that we had with him that I clipped down to about three minutes. Uh, one, it was hilarious to describe Nick Herbig that, like, like the way he did. And I got to say, we'll get to Nick Herbig in a little bit because he's, he's been impressive too. But um, looking at Broderick Jones, there's a few things I'm really impressed by. One, he, there's never been once where he's been impressed, like, I got to be the starter right now. But he's like, he's like, he understands that there's a process and he'll get to that process if he stays focused on what he's what he's doing. And he talked about what he's been working on with Pat Meyer. He's you know, And earlier in camp, we've had clips of him when he was just starting out and how he's working on his footwork and how he's looking at working on his hands placement. He's taking one thing at a time. And honestly, from what I'm seeing, he is stacking really good days in camp. Even if he's losing reps, he's learning from them. He's adapting. And he is looking like the offensive tackle that we were talking about leading into the NFL draft. If you remember with our big board that we had here, he was my top offensive tackle in this in this draft class. Maybe he's not – who knows what all the other offensive tackles are doing in camp. I don't have the bandwidth to check all of the other camps right now while I'm doing this and covering pit football camp uh, for the Post-Gazette. But uh, right now, I think Broderick Jones is making really good progress and – uh, I, as it stands right now, like I said, we'll get to the full depth chart later, but I truly think what's going to happen is this first preseason game against the Bucks Friday night, which we will have a post game show for afterwards. Um, what's going to happen is I can see Dan Moore Jr. is going to get the start because he's the first team. If Dan Moore Jr. struggles and Broderick Jones lights it up with the, with the second team, that's going to open the door for Broderick Jones to make a jump. Now, if Dan Moore Jr. looks solid, that could change things. Uh, but I think if he doesn't look anything but, like, very, very good to great, I think that the Steelers are going to then give Broderick Jones the chance to maybe play with the ones more in the second game there. But e either way, I think Broderick Jones is in a really good place right now. We still got to see him go up against live other team opponents, but... 
uh, in practice, in camp. He's looked pretty solid across the board. And I, I appreciate the mentality that he approaches it with. He's also seems like he, he talks with media very well. He's very open about his thought process. Things seem, seems like he's doing a lot of things the right way to start things off with the Steelers. So good things to be excited about there. More things to be excited about the improvement of Darnell Washington. Uh, we'll get to him in a little bit here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. But before we do anything else, we want to remind you that this show is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs is a clothing line. It's here to make you look good. They use these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit you slimmer on you through the, through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit a lot better. And they fit better than regular shorts because they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. And instead, they're 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 fix, they fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretch so that they get they fit on you way slimmer without having to sacrifice movement, which is so important in the summer when you're trying to be active. And I know because I've been wearing them at training camp and they do feel really nice, keep you pretty light and they look professional. So that's been that's been great. They also use an anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. I, I want to switch from Broderick Jones to Darnell Washington, which is crazy because we're going from one Georgia rookie from, to the next. But they both seem to be very mature with how they're approaching this process and how they've handled things. And I want to say that this is now the halfway point. Now, if you want a full half halfway point breakdown of things as far as I did run like all superlatives, like who's the MVP and all these other things. I did that with Brian Batko for the North Shore Drive podcast for the Post-Gazette. Go check that out because we that's a fun conversation with him uh, over there on our Monday episode. Um, and and that, that's all well and good. But Darnell Washington is my most improved player from day one of camp to what is this day 10 of camp, whatever day it is. But he, as far as guys and how I saw them start camp, he's the one I think has made the most progress of players. And now some of them say, well, what about Kenny Pickett? He looked a lot smoother. Yeah, but Kenny Pickett looked smoother from day one of camp compared to where he was last year. But Darnell Washington, when he first came into camp, there were some questions as far as how much he was going to be able to stand out because when pads weren't on, he had to run routes more. And he that's his biggest weakness was getting open, <gasps> running sharper routes, getting open, creating separation. And it wasn't something that he looked too good at. He didn't have a chance to show his physical prowess in the blocking game because the pads weren't on. And then the pads went on. And we talked, we talked, we've talked about that in this show and how he he was able to kind of stand up to TJ Watt and how impressive that was. Uh, and then we talked on this last bonus episode, he kind of got his uh his chance to kind of get back at it with TJ Watt. TJ won Watt won the rep, but then he, he Mike Tomlin literally put him back out there six times and he won five of those times. The only time he lost was to Nick Herbig, but he beat Herbig two other times. And Darnell Washington has looked good there, but also he's looked better in his route running already. And he's still not like great or anything at that, but they 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 were putting him in one-on-ones in the Friday night light practice against the tight ends, and he was just cooking all of them. He was just get, getting up and not just running seam routes, running, running posts, running corners. And, you know, again, it's not like he's Antonio Brown out there, but he is looking like he has a purpose with how he's trying to move now. And he's getting the hang of, of it to at least do it at a competitive level. 
And that has allowed him to do more in the offense, which has led to him playing more with the first team. And that's why I have him as my uh, most improved so far in training camp. And again, we'll get to the depth chart later because the depth chart, he's way far behind, but there's, I wouldn't be alarmed by that at all. Instead, Let's listen to Darnell Washington. These were clips from his, from our talk with him also on Saturday when we stopped him out, uh, in the morning practice the Steelers had. Here's Darnell Washington from Steelers training camp. Darnell, looked like we looked like we saw you kind of getting out on the one on ones a little bit, uh, getting open a little bit more. How's your route route running sharpened over the past few weeks? Oh, hey, yeah, I say just with the little things like Pat, he helps me in try to uh, give me tips and pointers like that, like just keeping my feet inside my framework when I'm planning and making moves. So that's probably the biggest thing so far. George, I mean, you were you were a big target at times. Like they, they would get you the ball deeper down the field. How do you have to work work on making sure that you create create a better, bigger window for your quarterbacks to find you? Uh, really just help trying to create separation because I mean, most nickels or things like that are faster than me so like i'm not gonna really outrun them so really just got to use my size to my advantage or um just high pointing the ball and things like that uh, just having strong physical hands and to finish the catch you missed the practice or anything it looks like right i mean there was probably a draft about there was something yeah i mean i mean i guess as a draft talk i mean i never had a knee injury in college or never sat out any games or practice over my knees so i mean i don't know who started it or i don't know how that went about but i mean it's a draft talk it is what it is but i mean i'm 100 healthy and ready to just get the ball rolling when you're blocking, oftentimes they talk about the lower man wins and lower leverage. But when you're so tall, is that it? how do you get around that kind of a challenge? Uh, that's where I still got to, like, use my length to advantage. So if if that's me putting my hands on them first. Uh, so really just a first initial contact. I, I still got to stay low, uh, at least low to me. I, I mean, I'm not going to get lower than a 5'8", dude, but <laughs> <laughs> low to me and uh, just really just dig Put your cleats in the ground and dig and just keep your feet moving. That's just kind of how I have to do it uh, since I'm so much taller than a lot of other guys. All right. Thanks, Darnell. So a few things there about Darnell Washington and, and, and what he was talking about. One, I thought it was interesting how he talked about how he's getting sharper and how he still needs to improve on his on his routes. But that you can see it is noticeable that you can you can see him kind of understanding where he needs to, where he needs to go. And again, he still like looks like he's like you can still tell like that's not his strength or his or, or his forte in, in the game of football. But it's becoming less of like him being not as useful in that department. Uh, so him working on that there, I thought that I thought that was a cool point uh, of, of the conversation. And, and again, just the guys at Georgia, they seem to understand deference and working their way up. Uh, the depth chart and all the things that they, that they need to do uh, to to challenge to challenge about that. But um, all in all, you know, I, I think Darnell Washington has uh, he's he's really made a case. I, I don't know if he's going to get a whole bunch of snaps this season, but I think he's made the case that he's going that he can be useful. And you know, we talked about like you know him winning with you know the lower, lower lower leverage type of thing. Now, for those who don't know, one of the biggest rules of football when you're blocking is that it's called the lower man wins and. As, as offensive lineman and defensive lineman, whoever, whatever side you're on, you want to get under your man's pads so that you can control them and move them a lot easier. If someone gets under you, they have that much more more ability to control you. For sure. So for Darnell Washington, a guy who's like six seven, six eight, he's huge, 
and he's naturally tall. So it's going to be easy for most players to get to get to get under him and, and establish that kind of leverage. And in fact, the one rep that he lost to uh, to Nick Herbig on uh, on Saturday was because Nick Herbig just got under him because Nick Herbig's like five inches shorter. And it's just, again, natural. Um, but he talks about using his length and there are smart ways to do it. And funny enough, I think both him and uh, Broderick Jones do the same sort of thing in that they are really good at using their longer arms, which is really important in blocking to establish contact first and to establish a point of leverage before a player can get into their chest, which is so important for guys that have longer arms and bigger bodies. And it's something that can be very difficult to teach if people don't understand it. Um, But if people do, I think it goes a long way for players who want to have a long, long, long career in the NFL as bigger guys. And uh, for both of them, I think that it's uh, it's 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 showing a re- really good signs of things there. Um, so Darnell Washington, here's the thing: if he's able to um, to put him, if he's able to continue to build as, himself as a route runner, there's no question in my mind that he's going to become a, a bigger threat for this for the Steelers' offense. They want his size, they want his athleticism, they want his strength as a blocker, and the the duality of of threat being on the field. At all times of him being able to demolish you in the run game and open up holes for their running backs, but also for the threat of him to turn around and just become a pass, a a pass, a passing threat uh, where he can catch the ball, get down the field. And he's a guy that like if he gets it, the ball with momentum, one, we've seen him run over people Two, we've seen him jump over people. So. Lots of things can happen for Darnell Washington if things go right for the Steelers. It's also interesting to hear how he was like, yeah, I don't know who started that thing about my knee, but. Yeah, that that was not that was not an issue uh, during the draft, which, hey, Steelers fans, whoever started it, maybe they were a Steelers fan, because that's part of why I think he fell so far to the low part of the third round to the point that the Steelers could trade back to pick up a fourth round pick that got them Nick Herbig, who's also been impressive so far. So lots of things, I think, that work out for both of these Georgia guys so far in camp. And again, it's the only the first half of training camp. So like I said before. Take each one day with a grain of salt, but, but hear me out. They've now stacked a lot of good days. So now it's becoming more of a narrative. And this isn't just me saying, oh, one practice where he looked good. Cool. But they're starting to build on things. And I think that that's the important thing is that the Steelers with their younger players start to build some consistency. And then eventually consistency leads to success on the field and success on the field means the team's going to be doing better. So lots of lots of really good things we've seen from uh, the Steelers, some of the Steelers rookies there too, and in particular in Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington, both from the University of Georgia. And of course, George Pickens has kind of been the MVP, I think of training camp so far uh another georgia guy who's just making plays everywhere maybe there's something about that georgia football team after all uh, that keeps winning championships but i want to talk about this depth chart a little bit because we first we got our first look at it and it's uh it's interesting to see some things and how they lined up but i want to caution you about things that you shouldn't overreact about seeing on there because there's some things that i know some people are going to be like oh what is this I'll explain all the things you need to pay attention to and things you shouldn't pay as much attention to. In just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. But first, before we do any of that, we got to talk about our great sponsors at 
FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the number one sports book in America, and you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times the amount of your of your first bet in bo- back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend on betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the game you're watching tonight. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get to up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switch topics to the depth chart, which was released Sunday afternoon slash early evening, so we could talk about that a little bit. Now, one, the depth chart, this is just the initial depth chart. If uh, if it wasn't mandated by the NFL that it had to be released, it wouldn't be released because Mike Tomlin doesn't want to give anybody anything. But I want you to take note of the things that I, that I mentioned earlier. A lot of the rookies are going to be behind a lot of the veterans, and it does not mean that they're going to stay there for a while. It's just the deference, I think, that goes to veterans in this in, in this, in this uh, team. For example, Dan Moore Jr. is over Broderick Jones. That's legit. He still is. But I wouldn't be surprised if that changed in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, another, another example would be if you look at the tight end situation, uh, Darnell Washington is listed as the fourth tight end behind Frymuth, Gentry, and Connor Hayward. I don't think Darnell Washington is going to be the fourth tight end. I think that Connor Hayward's going to be more of the fullback, which he's listed as on the roster, despite uh, Kendrick Green getting some fullback reps. If you want to hear more about that, again, that's the bonus episode I released this weekend. Check that out. Um, but do not freak out when you see some of these guys so far back that you're like, darn, I'll watch it in the fourth. He'll never play. Trust me, that's just a thing. And something that, again, I talk about with Brian back on the North Shore Drive, that's something that Mike Tomlin does to motivate rookies. He wants to tick them off to see see that piece of paper. And maybe it doesn't, they, they doesn't tick them off. Maybe they understand the process, but they want to they wanna work harder to move their way up the depth chart. For example, if you look at nose tackle, Keanu Benton's listed third behind Montrevious Adams and Braden Fajoko. Now, Montrevious Adams knows the Steelers' defense. Braden Fajoko, a longtime NFL vet, uh, and Keanu Benton, you know, a rookie behind those guys. But Keanu Benton was drafted in the second round for a reason to be eventually be that guy that could be that ultimate mauler in the middle of the, the defensive line. Um, I don't think that means that Keanu Benton will stay there. I think that he's going to move his way up and he's going to be used more prominently in the defense. Um, but something to keep watch of to see how they play that out. Um, the Steelers starting inside linebackers. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll go across the board here. Actually, go back to the offense. The wide receivers, your starting three are Johnson's, Pickens, and Robinson. Your second line is second wide receivers is Boykin, Austin, and Butler. Then after that, you have Cody White, Gunnar Olszewski, and Jamarcus Bradley. Um, and uh, I look at that, and Hakeem Butler being on the second group is interesting to me. Um, but I don't think that he has put himself in an av- in a good spot because one thing that Hakeem Butler, I know there's a lot of Hakeem Butler truthers out there and people that really want to see him succeed because of his athleticism. And, and look, it'd be great if he could succeed, but he needs to actually succeed. And part of that is going to be actually um, being consistent out there. And Mike Tomlin, a phrase that he's used a lot is that, is that uh, you got to make routine plays routinely. And that's something that Hakeem Butler hasn't done. Now, he made an impressive catch on Sunday, 
when they when they were working, and I thought that was cool. But there's been plenty of times throughout camp that he's had drops. He has to limit those in the second half of camp if he wants to make the team. Um, but right now, I still have it slated as your top four guys: is Johnson, Pickens, Robinson, and Austin. And then the last two spots, if they go for two, if they go for six, I think will be Gunnar Olszewski and Miles Boykin. Though Boykin had some drops uh, this past uh, on Sunday. Uh, but he, he did make up for it for some other big plays. Um, Cody White also up in that mix. Wouldn't be surprised to see he, see him there a little bit more and get some shots there. Jamar, I, I felt like Des Fitzpatrick had a really strong start to camp, but sort of fizzled out. We'll see how that progresses. Let's look at the offensive line for a sec. Now, I've gone over Dan Moore and Broderick Jones. I've explained that. I think Broderick Jones could overtake him, but we'll see. Um, at left guard, you got Isaac Samalo, then Kevin Dotson. At center, you got Mason Cole and Kendrick Green. Then at right guard, you've got James Daniels, then Nate Herbig. At right tackle, you got Chikuma Okorafor and LaRaven Clark. What I actually think will happen here, because the Steelers can't really do this with the depth chart, what I actually think would happen here is if there's a, there'd be a different switching around if different if certain guys got hurt. Like if Chukuma, if Chooks goes down, here's what the Steelers will do. They're not going to move LaRaven Clark up to right tackle. They're going to move Dan Moore, Dan Moore to right tackle and then put in Broderick Jones. So like in that way, Raven Cat Clark, I think, will actually be the second offensive tackle or the third offensive tackle off the bench if Broderick Jones is is in there. So um, that's where I, I know he's the second offensive tackle off the bench, but um, I think that's how that situation will play out. Now, I will say this too: Nate Herbig, I think, has become the best backup interior offensive lineman. He's been consistent. He's been strong in his presence, and I think that that has kind of established things. I think Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green are still kind of struggling to. Further established themselves. We'll see how that plays out. Spencer Anderson right now listed as the fourth center. He was the seventh round pick that can kind of play every O-line position. I think he'll find a way to make the team because of that versatility, but we'll see how that continues. Um, again, the tight ends, uh, Frymuth, Gentry, Hayward, Washington, and Rodney Williams, who I'll also say Rodney Williams has looked good in camp too. It's just a shame that there are like four other dudes on this roster that deserve a roster spot. Um, and then, of course, running backs, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarlane, then Darius Hagens, and then guys like Greg Bell and John Lovett. This is going to come down to Najee, Jalen, and Anthony. It's That, that, that doesn't need much uh, ex- explaining there, as well as the quarterbacks with Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph. Though I will say Tanner Morgan has done a good job in training camp as far as a camp arm. He, he's a guy that I've, I'm the Steelers. I work to keep around on my practice squad moving forward. But let's talk a little bit more about the defense again. Linebackers, Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts are your inside guys at the starting positions. But Quan Alexander, I think, has been really making a strong case to maybe push himself into that conversation of getting more reps with Alandon Roberts. Mark Robinson also listed as a backup linebacker. And I will say Mark Robinson has really proved himself to be good. He's had an interception the other day. Um, he's getting sharper. I still think he needs to put it all together. But He's getting better and he's getting there. Now, he's not going to be as good as the other three vets who I think that they have kind of been through that process, but he has shown the willingness to work and improve. And I think that he has taken it, it has benefited him that he's worked on it so much. Edge rushers, you know who it is. It's TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, and then it's Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig. But behind them is David Perales and Quincy Roche. Quincy Roche, of course, sixth round pick out of Miami last year. That got got snatched up by the Giants or whatever, and now he's back on back on the team. I actually think though the fifth edge rusher isn't Quincy Roche or David Perales. It's actually Demarvin Leal, and I think that he's still going to be in that in that mix with uh, Herbig and Golden as your uh, your your extra edge rushers to give T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith some breaks. Um, so that's that's there that's that there now. 
I thought an interesting situation was the safety position. Minka Fitzpatrick is the start of your free safety, but strong safety, you got a, a, a an or situation going on. Now, if you don't know an or situation, it just means it's, there's two players and it could be either or of them, uh, either of them. So like DeMonte Casey or Keanu Neal for strong safety right now. This happens a lot more in college where they can kind of like play that game. Um, but DeMonte Casey has been hurt. Keanu Neal has been hurt. So it's been tough for both of them. I, I think that they're trying to kind of keep the – the Steelers trying to keep them both in line and kind of like mentally ready. Like, Hey, when it's time for you to come back, it's time for you to come back and get to work. Um, looking at the cornerback position, your starters are Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on the outside, Shandon Sullivan on the nickel. That's no surprise at all. Um, your outside backups are James Pierre and Joey Porter jr. With, uh, Elijah Riley in the Nick and the backup nickel spot. And I will say this, Elijah Riley has made a case to be the starting nickel. Uh, so that's something that I would keep an eye on. If I'm if I'm the Steelers or from the Steelers fans wanting to see uh, another real battle um, in the in training camp here, um, but I also think don't forget because what the Steelers can do with their versatility, they've worked on putting Patrick Peterson in the slot. If he jumps to the slot, guess who's jumping outside? It's going to be Joey Porter Jr. No, he's going to he's going to be there. So I, I think the Steelers are in a really good position with how their roster is constructed, with the way that they've put together. Um, uh, their depth chart so far. And again, this is a very preliminary depth chart. This does not mean this is what it's always going to be. It doesn't even mean that it's going to actually, it's actually that right now. It's just what the Steelers are putting out there for people to to look at. So uh, we'll get to more things here on the Locked on Steelers podcast or some other videos I want to play um, that we'll go over with tomorrow. I'm hoping to have Alan Saunders back on the show again uh, for the Tuesday episode, getting you guys ready for the rest of the week in training camp. Thanks again for everyone for tuning into the Locked on Steelers podcast. And I say this again, I really mean this, and I hope that y'all understand that I do. It means a lot to me when y'all come up and say hi to me at training camp or you tell me you love the show or that you just appreciate the work. It means so much to me when I see y'all. I saw even I saw even more of y'all Sunday. I saw a bunch of y'all Saturday, Friday. Uh, sorry for those who I maybe miss because either I don't hear you or I just couldn't find you or I just you know just was running about like a crazy madman because things get busy at times. But I want y'all to know y'all are appreciated and loved for the love that y'all give the show. So thanks so much again to everybody. I'm your host, Chris Carter of the Locked on Steelers podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also find me at Steelers Training Camp uh, on the sidelines. But you can especially find me on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we also do bonus episodes as well on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for all our episodes. Also, rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks again, y'all. I'll see you guys Tuesday for our next episode of the Locked On Steelers Podcast. 